0: Tyler and I'm Danny and this week on fried squirms we're gonna sit on our non-dominant hand until it falls asleep then we're gonna jerk off (laughs) um I'm game the stranger right (laughs) that's what we're doing oh oh the strangers okay
1: that's why we're both here
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this week we're gonna talk about the strangers I mean as always we're here to get high and talk about (laughs) yeah we are (laughs) We're already a little high. (laughs) Okay, normally we'd start with our green hits. The first thing we have to start with this week is, if you're not already subscribed and don't already know, you should be subscribed and already know. We premiered the final Just a Friendly Reminder this weekend. So if you want to see our beautiful faces (laughs) instead of just listening to the dulcet tones of our voice, (laughs) head over to YouTube, Just a Friendly Reminder, watch the entire series... All eight episodes. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, we are a couple of the stars of an absurdist comedy that's set within a generic grocery
1: super chain training video. (laughs) Precisely. It doesn't get any more straightforward than that. You'll see. (laughs) But it's also finished. We've talked
0: about it in the past. It was quite the event. We got to see our fucking faces on the big screen.
1: How surreal was that, man? Fucking insane! I had a blast. It was such a great night, and I was happy that we got to share it with all of our friends. Man, it was awesome. But we'd pre- super appreciate
0: it if you headed over to YouTube and check that out, so that I will have a link or something in the show notes.
1: Sounds good, yeah. Um,
0: but like, just a friendly reminder over on YouTube: eight episodes, number eight, <sighs> just this weekend. Wow. Patrick comes on here often enough that we'll make him talk about it some the next time he's on.
1: Yeah, we'll get it more from the directors and editors
0: and all that point of view, so yeah, it'll be fun. But now we should get more high. Sounds good. So let's get to our green hats. Danny, what did you bring me today?
1: All right. So this week I brought you a J from over at our friendly shop at Greener Pastures. And this strain is the Golden Goat, which is a sativa dominant hybrid. It was lab bred by accident over in Topeka, Kansas, and it was named for the old soda smell of the Golden Goat recycling machines. So the resulting cross between Hawaiian Romulan and Island Sweet Skunk, it says it may provide the happiest high available. It says users can expect strong balance effects, including sociability, creativity, and critical thinking. And the THC is 24.3% on this particular strain.
0: And I brought you some Loctite, originally bred by Red Eye Genetics. Yeah. It is their own Mount Rainier hybrid crossed with original glue, also known as Gorilla Glue Number 4. Yeah. And actually, just in general, takes a lot after Gorilla Glue number four. It's a lot of the same sort of upbeat high, along with being known for being pretty powerful. So, Hey, I'm going to sit here and get locked tight. Yeah, and it's a bit peppery, citrusy, a little bit more on that end. Yeah, I can taste a little bit of those notes, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I guess we're going to continue smoking this. And as we do, let's get into the guts and bolts of The Stranger's. Guts and bolts. All right, guts and bolts of the strangers, who and what went into the making of this movie. Let's start you off with a spoiler free synopsis or setup. I don't think it's a synopsis unless we go through the whole thing. Right, I think you're right. A couple, after an awkward night, return to the place they're staying only to be terrorized.
1: I like it. That's <laughs> what you're going to get by strangers. <laughs> who well, else? Strangers. Yeah, who else?
0: <laughs> in masks. It's all over the marketing.
1: You oh, know what they on. look like going into this. So, If you've seen the trailer or the poster, it's, yeah, exactly. Plastered all over it. Mm-hmm. All right, so from week to week, we do like to talk about the people who go into making the film and the actors and actresses in front of the cameras. And this week, our director and writer is Brian Bertino. And this gentleman, as far as directing, is known for the films Mockingbird, The Monster, and The Dark and the Wicked. And he's also known for writing the screenplay for The Strangers, Pray at Night. All right, moving forward, we have cinematographer Peter Sova. And this gentleman has some really interesting credits. Just looking through his list. If you're familiar with some Barry Levinson films, he helped DP on Tin Men, Good Morning Vietnam for Barry Levinson, especially that Good Morning Vietnam. That's a good one with uh, Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. He also helped on Straight Talk, which is a pretty decent Dolly Parton film. He helped on Sergeant Bilko, Donnie Brasco. The 2002 film, Dr. Sleep, not to be confused with the Stephen King's Dr. Sleep.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay.
1: And the film, Lucky... What the fuck is
0: the 2002 Dr.
1: Sleep about? Oh, let's see. Because, like, it's not an adaptation of the novel because it wasn't written yet. No, this is from somebody else. Looking at the name, this might be a Serbian name. It's Goran Viznenic. Goran Viznik? Oh, yeah, Viznik, yeah. He was Dr. Luka Kovac in ER. That's pretty cool. So there you go. And he's also known for uh, deeping on Push, which is really interesting oh, okay. too. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool. He's done a couple of episodes of television as well, so he's got his hands on there. All right, we've actually talked about this editor more recently, surprisingly enough, Kevin Grudert, because of episode 43 when we talked about Saw. And again on episode 211 when we reviewed Saw Part 3 So uh, if you want to hear more of his works, check those films out (laughs) or those reviews out for that matter. All right. Another team that we've actually talked about before, and this is the music composed by Tom and Andy. We talked about this particular group when we reviewed The Hills of Eyes 2006's The Hills of Eyes on episode 90. Yeah. And talk about some cool films. They've done just a few of note. They helped on Killing Zoe, Waking the Dead. The Rules of Attraction, The Mothman Prophecies, Mean Creek, the film P2, The Covenant. <laughs> Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of the Resident Evil films, The Afterlife and Retribution, Sinister Part 2, 47 Meters Down. There's 47 Meters Down and Caged, Lucky Day, and more recently the film Hot. So a lot of really cool horror films as well. All right. The special effects was done by Pacific Title and Art Studio. They helped with the visual effects, and Technicolor helped with the digital, intermediate, and opticals effects. This was produced by Doug Davison, Roy Lee, and Nathan Cahane. Production companies were Rogue Pictures, Intrepid Pictures, Vertigo Entertainment, Mandate Pictures, and Mad Hatter Entertainment. The distributor was Rogue Pictures for the United States theatrical release in 2008. It had a premiere on May 30th, 2008, here in the States. The budget was about an estimated $9 million. The gross here in the States for the film was $52.6 million and worldwide gross $82.4 million. Fuck off. God damn it. I do have a (laughs) tagline. I've got a slug line for this. It's lock the door, emphasis on pretend you are safe. I put the emphasis there, though. The the tagline didn't. All right, so moving into our cast. Not a very big cast, but some pretty well-known people. I think two in particular, three perhaps. Mm, okay. All right. So leading off, I have Liv Tyler, who plays the role of Kristen McKay. As if she needs any introduction now, but just in case, some you people might not know her. doing that thing you Dude, do. I know. Kind of early on, I remember her for some of the Aerosmith videos yep. with Alicia Silverstone. So that was like... Kind of my early introduction to her. Fucking Jersey Girls? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, that's so funny, man. Uh, let's see here. It's just a few things to know because, I mean, she's got an extensive category. Empire Records, I love the movie Inventing the Abbotts. That's a really good film. People probably know her for her role in Armageddon. She's been in, in pretty much the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, as Arwen. So that's pretty obvious, that's what I'm saying, if you don't know her by now. Mm-hmm. I think more recently she was in the film Ad Astra in Wildling. She's also been a part of the television series The Leftovers from 2014 through 17. She had a, actually a main role as Meg Abbott, which I did watch the first two seasons. I actually need to finish it, man. All right. Moving forward, we have actor Scott Speedman. What would you say uh, – uh, discount Scott Stapp. <laughs> dude, I was looking through some of his photos on the database. And I was dude, like, he oh, looks like Scott dude, Stapp. you're right. Especially when he had longer hair.
0: Although, maybe Scott Stapp's discount Scott Speedman.
1: I think that's probably more appropriate. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, the Florida Scott Speedman. All right, so Scott Speedman does play the role of James Hoyt. And a few films of note from him. Some people actually might know him because uh, he was a lichen vampire, hybrid Michael Corbin. That's what I always, that's the yeah. main thing I know of. In the underworld Michael films. Corbin. Yeah. yeah, and it says he was Barry Baz Blackwell in the TNT crime drama series Animal Kingdom. Some other things of note, he was in the film Duets, Dark Blue, Triple X, State of the Union, Barney's version. I think he was on Four Years of Felicity, dude. Yeah, he was. Like I said, he's got some actually pretty cool films, a lot of television series too. He was even also, on an I, episode, I was just looking here, on Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Oh, like, I was going to
0: say the episode of Goosebumps he did is probably the only wow. episode of Goosebumps I actually watched. No say shit. Cheese and Die. That's pretty awesome. Which is probably one of the
1: more famous Goosebumps stories. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. We have Gemma Howard. She plays a role of Dollface. She's been in such films as Pink Pajamas, The Black Balloon, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, and the film The Great Gatsby. We have Kip Weeks. He plays Man in the Mask. Some people might recognize him in his role in um, Glory Road. He was in the film Seeds and Spencer Confidential. We have Laura Magolas. She plays the role of Pinup Girl in the film. A few things of note from her. She's been in such things as Dirty Sexy Money. It was a television series from 2007 through nine? She was in the film The Diabolical and the film Higher Power. And last but not least, I have Glenn Howerton plays a role of Mike, and I'm like,
0: Glenn Howerton's in this? What?
1: So I think I know him because of his role as Dennis, and it's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Some people also might know him for uh, the film Serenity. He's also been in such things as Crank. He was in Mr. Bungle's The Night They Came Home. That's pretty fucking wild, man. Yeah, the Mindy Project. Oh my God! I almost completely forgot Fargo. that that '80s show existed for a hot Yeah, in it. you're right, because that was like early 2000s, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they had uh always. They're twins, but the the one gal that was in Joe Dirt, it was like Joe Dirt's gal.
0: Oh, okay. Blah,
1: blah, blah. She was in it, but mm. I can't remember if it was her or her, or her twin, because <laughs> oh, right. they're identical, right? But I mean, anywho, I do remember that it was kind of short lived. But yeah, Glenn Howerton's in this, so there you go. That's our cast, our crew. You gave us a setup. We should give you some warnings heading into the next section.
0: Um, it's home invasion.
1: Yeah, home
0: invasion. A Little Le- bit of violence. Yeah, there's some
1: violence. There's a little, a little bit, bit of, of gore. Blood. I wouldn't necessarily call it gore. Nah, I mean it's. Psh, I'd say there's a little bit of blood. Blood. Yeah, you're gonna see. I mean, for some it's people, implied it's a to be gore, but it doesn't look like no, it. No, I agree. It's mostly just some sadism and Mm -hmm. cat and mouse kind of stuff, you know? Agreed.
0: Yeah. There's language in there, right? There is. If you're listening to this, we've (laughs) already fucking cussed more than that. Yeah. We've already cussed more than the movie. I think you're probably right. (laughs) It happens. Let's just get in to find out how the strangers made us squeal.
1: How does that make you squeal? So you know why this movie made all that money, right? Liv Tyler. I would 100% agree with that. Because I can't see... I It's definitely not Glenn. I mean, sorry, Glenn, I like you a lot, but it's not you. It's not Scott Speedman. It's not. There weren't that many Felicity fans wanting to go fucking... Like I said no discredit to the strangers, but it wasn't the strangers either.
0: Okay, so I think we both have pretty close to the same opinion of this movie then. Yeah,
1: I'm like, uh it's really not my cup of tea. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I get it. It's one of those, I would say, it would probably be better served in the theater as an experience, yeah. for um, sure.
0: I'll also say, like, if the thing that scares you is home invasion movies, then this is... This is a good representation this is of it. good. Yeah. It's better than just fine. No, I agree it's with maybe that. above average if you're going and narrowing things down to only the home invasion genre. Exactly, dude. I would agree with that a lot. But overall, like, yeah. I, this feels like... When I was watching it, the only comparison I could really think of of movies that we've covered is something more along the lines of like The Conjuring. I agree with that too, because
1: that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, ah, oh,
0: yeah, this is I'm it not really. It doesn't do anything bad.
1: It doesn't, and
0: like, there's a the biggest gripe I can, point I can to have. That's yeah, so bad.
1: the biggest gripe I have is just it's not my cup, kind of cup of tea. You know, it's not really the genre I go go after. And and that's the thing, like. There are, though, home invasion movies that we fucking dig. Oh, there's a lot that are really good. Like, I'm not discrediting that, but like in this instance, ah, there's better. But there's worse too. But there's too. also nothing you can say bad about it. <laughs> it doesn't right? say there's like, a lot worse. No, like the it's my biggest well done.
0: critique of this is there never feels like, I don't even know how to say this right now. Maybe we should just talk about the movie mm. more and I'll figure out how to fucking say it because I don't know. <laughs> the first thing, though, man, you know the other reason why this movie made so much money? inspired by true events. And then exactly. You, and then you look up the true events and you roll your fucking eyes.
1: Yeah, you're like, well, okay. Inspired by, not based on. Big difference. One of them was like the director's, okay. I think his hometown or some shit. I got the
0: three things that were put together. The director said it was inspired by when he was a kid, a stranger came to his house at night asking for a woman that wasn't there. The next morning, it turned out that person and their partner were burglars. They'd gone around to every house in his neighborhood, and the houses that didn't answer the door had been broken into. Damn. Dodged a bullet there. Then there was a 1981 homicide where a woman, two of her children, and a third child were murdered in their rural home in the Sierras. The investigation turned up no suspects, and as far as I know, it's still not solved.
1: Sad. Yeah.
0: And then the other source was it was the Manson murders.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. Sharon Tate and all that stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. So there you go. But you're right, it opens up with something that we're not necessarily big fans of either. And it's different
0: when it's obviously a joke, like in House of a Thousand Corpses. Exactly. Dude. Or like, I would say <clears throat> even the way Texas Chainsaw plays it, yeah. you kind of know, like, Mm, it's not quite... Although, I guess a lot of people fell for it with Texas Chainsaw, too. Maybe we're just trying to, like, give more credit to that movie because it's just a better movie in general, but... <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. I don't know, though. It's one of those ones where, when you look into it, sometimes you just gotta be like... Ah, I know, it's like, come on, man. Especially because this is so loosely. When you're taking oh. those three stories, and this is what right. he comes out with, like... Exactly. why even say based on true events just Don't like whatever it's your inspiration
1: yeah and i'm fine with that that's
0: fine but come on let's be real <laughs> <laughs> but does that mean like the wonder years was based on true events because you uh, know loosely. that every writer in that fucking writer room had some experience right. of right. something like that happening exactly. you know? i agree with that but yeah exactly but which parts are you taking and incorporating as well I mean, if that's the case, you can say probably almost every show is based on true events. Oh yeah, because those writers are bringing
1: in things from everything their lives. is based on true events to an extent. You know, there's probably going to be exaggerations here and there, but regardless, you know, there it is. It's stretched too far.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <sighs> Texas
0: Chainsaw. At least the house looked like Ed Gein's house.
1: Yeah, it made sense. We talked about it. We pointed it out. Maybe he wasn't a chainsaw wielding maniac. Right, but, but the house looked like his fucking house, dude. Yeah, they did a good job. They did their research. And the guy went out and did his fucking job, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> maybe that's
0: why I'm giving Texas Chainsaw the out, because like, dude, yeah. I mean, at least they kind of stuck to their
1: source. I don't really feel Charles Manson here. No, <laughs> I don't. We know too little of the Sierra Nevada case yeah, I don't know for anything me about to it. feel that. Yeah, that either, and I don't know, you know, our director Bertino, but. Yeah, so that's you're out <laughs> in baseball terms.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, sorry.
0: So, whatever. I mean, yeah. I guess we'll both admit, though, that that both starts us off on the wrong foot.
1: Kind of does. Yeah, it does. Like I said, once you look into you're like, oh, no.
0: Fucking Primeval does a better job. Yeah, dude. That's a completely different movie. I know that, that's, that was weirdly on my mind this morning, but. But there it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you want? Okay, getting into the movie. First off, I kind of like how they take the time to develop the characters. I do, too. They're letting you get an idea of who these people are and what's happening to them right now. If it led to more, it would be cooler. I agree. Because they do a good job of making you care about the fact that these people are in this situation. Right. There's some emotional stuff going on. Liv especially. Holy shit. She needs to do more horror movies. She can belt them. She's a screamer. She can belt. She's good at emoting. She is. That's she like, wasn't given much to do in this script. No, and she agree. still
1: did a great job. She does a good job of carrying this film. Like, she does.
0: And she's given the least to do of I the know, main I... characters in this script. You're right. And that's where it can
1: feel a little a little disjointed at times. Mm-hmm.
0: But you don't know what's going on with them at first, right? Like, exactly. you just know that it's awkward. They're getting back from away. Yeah,
1: you can see there's some tears and shit. You don't know why, but something's going on. Once you find out why,
0: I'm going to say this. He deserves to have been told no, because you don't propose at someone else's wedding. Yeah, that's not really classy, Freddie Blasey. <laughs> I will say that if you're going to do it, he did it the right way. He yeah. didn't make a big deal of it. Yeah, he I agree with that. He her outside. He tried to make it just between them. And that's, don't I don't propose do like at that. someone
1: else's wedding, though. Right, right. And especially in front of everybody, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. That's not your moment. Don't do that. Was Mike
0: the one that got married, or was he just a friend that was there? Because mm. I will say that Mike was in on it because he's the one that helped him set up the. Right. I think he's probably more a part of the party. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. At first, I thought he was the groom. I didn't understand that. I'd be really fucked up wouldn't it. Yeah. Upon rewatch, I was like, I, he
1: wasn't the groom. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Nah, because he would have been consummating. Mm hmm. Ain't got time for Jimmy John's. <laughs> nah.
0: You guys sort <laughs> your own shit out. Sorry, boy. bro. That's what you get for proposing at a fucking wedding, bro. Especially mine. Mm. <laughs> like, not cool. I will give him, though, that if you're going to do it. Yeah, do it
1: outside. <laughs> yeah, but I know what you're saying there. You or know.
0: I would say, if you're going to do it the same it day, wait own. till you get the fuck home.
1: Right, dude. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about you in that moment. And announce it like a week later. Right. And think that's. Let the couple have their moment. Precisely. That's the whole point. Don't spoil the fun for the bride and the groom don't immediately be like, "Oh, and guess what happened the same day?" Oh, like, oh, man, fuck off. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you there. At least at least he had enough sense to do it outside. Mhm. Yeah, so I give him that, too. There's not much to be said about all of that, though. Like, it's great
0: character building stuff. Yeah. It would be better if I felt like they were in more peril later in the movie. We'll get to that. Yeah. I would say this, I guess the
1: lead up, to— But it's also kind of just a lot of awkward and then pacing around. Uh, It really is. And I think that's kind of the thing you're, I mean, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, why? You're supposed to feel bad for him because she, you know, Mm -hmm. denied him. But then you kind of pull for her at the end too because they're both going through this shit and they both still care about each other and stuff. You know, it wasn't like they were breaking up. It's just she wasn't ready. And it felt realistic. Yeah. And, you know. They sold it. That's what I'm saying. That's where it's like they chose the right people for those parts because it felt authentic. And you felt kind of like, oh, man, that would suck. That would really suck. But Mm -hmm. especially (laughs) setting the fucking place up like that. Like, Uh, daggers. (laughs) Was it? Then the strangers show up. Yeah, the the one girl shows up and asks for... It's Tamara. Tamara, yeah, that's what it was. And they're like, oh, no, she's not. And then she fucks off for a second. No Tamara here. (laughs) No Tamara here. Yeah, and then um, at some point, Liv wants some cigarettes. And she sends this old boy out, and he's like, "All right, I I need to take a drive anyway, clear my yeah. head." You know, now mind you, this is around what four o'clock in the morning, whatever it is now. Something yeah. at this point, yeah, because it interrupts them about to looks like they were about to hook up. Yeah, yeah, and that's when all that shit happens. But I anyhow, mean, once know. again,
0: actually, I want to point out that that's still like yeah. even though that it was this awkward like night and shit, the way it all played out, even that
1: felt realistic. Right, because it's like I said, it's, it wasn't like there was a breakup or anything. It just it was not just an awkward situation, mm-hmm. you know, and. He, uh, you know, it didn't go his way. That's what kind of ballparking it. You know, it just didn't go the way he wanted it, and it's awkward. So, oh, okay, since we're in this little section, too. Right before he goes out to get smokes, though, he sets that fire for her in the fireplace, right?
0: Oh, right, right.
1: And as he's leaving, this is one thing I do have a little bit of a gripe about. As like, why does she have to put on that damn ring right now after he leaves? Mm -hmm. Man, (laughs) don't do him like that. I mean, I get why she's probably doing it, you know, trying to envision what it would be mm-hmm. like, you know, and I get that, but I'm like, oh, that's also kind of like, don't do that right now. That's fucked up. She keeps it on the rest of the fucking movie. I don't know if you realize that or not. I'm like, damn. But I get it. You know what I mean? I guess I get, I know what they were trying to do with that. Let's see. Then the strangers start fucking with This her. is, yeah. Once that first knock happens and after he leaves, that really sets up the rest of the film because... She's kind of in her feels, you know, and I think she puts on a record or whatever. There's another knock at the door again, asks for Tamra, just like we've already told you. She's mm-hmm. not here. And then yeah, all the weird shit starts to happen. Put the uh the smoke starts to billow from like the fireplace and stuff. So the fire alarm gets set off. She sets it down. We know how that kinda of plays was a, out.
0: That was a pretty good red herring though, because mm-hmm. the way they focused on it made it seem like it was gonna come back later. And I've seen some people bring that up as, like, a failure of this movie. No. It, and I didn't think it was too bad. I thought no, it was no. it was a good little sort of throw-off, like, what the fuck are they planning?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, it comes back, and it makes sense why they did what they did with it. Mm-hmm. Hello. So I put, like, the loud knocks are starting to happen on the door and shit like that. She calls James to let him know what's going on. And then I put the lines are cut because she's using a house phone because her cell phone, of course, is—she needs to charge it. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, when she returns to the kitchen, you can actually see the man in the mask kind of in the background.
0: That might be my favorite scene in the entire movie. I thought that was fucking masterfully done. Yeah. I almost missed him at first, and then he gave just a little bit of a sway. Yeah, and that, like, oh, that motion, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. He's in the house. Come. That w- might be my favorite bit of this movie. I thought, like, for fucking, like, we've seen a lot of, right. we've seen a decent amount of home invasion. Or things that at least include Home Invasion.
1: No, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, there's some. Now that I think more about it, it's like, yeah, Insides and that. I love inside. so I might want to change my tune a little bit. (laughs) But not many have that creepy of a moment.
0: That's a good point, yeah. Where it's subtle in the background. He's there, you're like, oh, she's fucked. Like I said, and with his mask and stuff, he almost looks like, just like background lighting or bouncing off something. Yeah, that was until good use. he starts
1: to move. So that was good use of, of lighting and textures and stuff like that. Because you're right. You can miss it if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you're really stoked. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. All right. I put, she starts to get startled again by the loud bangs on the door. And that's when she notices the fire alarm had been moved or the smoke alarm detector or whatever. So here's the problem with this movie. We can describe
0: the next few scenes of the movie, but they right. almost all boil down to there's bangs on the outside of the fucking house. Right.
1: And all it is is them fucking with her outside, distracting her while, I guess, homies in there cutting the fucking cord on her mm-hmm. cell phone and all that other stuff. So, I mean, that's basically like the cat and mouse. is like, distract her. This is going on. Lead her this way. That stuff is going on. And every time Scott Speedman comes back to the house,
0: <laughs> yeah, he ends up leaving. And just leaving her alone, he does. It's like, sorry, babe. Even once it's like at first, I get it. It sounds kind of outland. Like I would still be worried with how worried she was and how kind of plausible it sounded. But at the same time, it's like, what the like? (laughs) Yeah. So there was a guy in a fucking mask, and he's not here anymore. All right. Like I get it. Like yeah. But I would still be fucking worried. At least like, of course, he. And he's just like, nah. I'm going to peace out and do this. I'm going to peace out and do that. And he doesn't treat it that flippantly. Yeah. But it's, like, it's still
1: what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Because what was it? He goes outside to go get his cell phone. And that's when he sees his window smashed. <clears> and <throat> then he feels one of the, the gals, you know, touch his neck and shit. And the next thing you know, the girl shows up and rams the fucking car with the truck. And then shit pops loose from there. You know, now it's like,
0: okay, she went not lying. <laughs> Now, I will say we just mentioned two, like, examples of them actually doing something to them. I guess my problem with the movie is the strangers never seem threatening enough. They keep Uh, seeming like they're just fucking with them, like teenagers or something. Right, and that's
1: exactly what it feels like, just pranksters.
0: It never feels like they're in, and we do, you know, find out, you know, they cut this cord or did this or whatever. But compared to a lot of other, like, home invasion and or, like, Mastermind villain type movies where it's somebody fucking with somebody else, they never seem to be in enough control of the situation to be
1: comfortable yeah. doing that. I'm wondering, but there's a line. And they're not ever violent enough towards them. No, I said so there's a line towards the end where it makes me think this is something like. A beginning stage for them, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Like they're still learning how to do. Oh, this. They, it'll be
0: easier next time, or whatever. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's it makes
1: like, me think it's kind of like a cult
0: sort of thing. But that means too? the the two older ones should still be. Oh yeah, like experienced.
1: They should know better. Yeah. And
0: baby dolls the only one that should. And that's never really shown. It's not be
1: established, you know, either. Which is kind of guessing, you mm-hmm. know. But it would make sense if that's the pecking order. You it's know? said, not shown. Right. But yeah, I kind of feel that too. It's like, uh, maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know.
0: And I don't want to like say you have to have violence or gore in order to establish that they are dangerous, but they don't do anything else to establish that they're truly dangerous.
1: Yeah. They just
0: seem to be counting on them, even though they know nothing about them. They chose them as they say later in the movie because they were home. That's it. That's the only criteria. It's like, all right, I could have been anybody. They lucked out that they caught him on a night where their communication isn't the best. But if they would have just armed themselves and worked as a team at any point in this movie... Oh, dude. I think they could have overtaken them
1: pretty you easy.
0: I think you could have got the two gals really easy. Dude, towards the end of the movie, when they do kind of attack them a little bit to get them subdued, fucking Bagman seems like he's having a hard time dragging live yeah by. it's weird he doesn't like none of them seem like they're strong enough to actually like no assault a you. person without the element of surprise right so if you're working together and just watching each other's backs could have fucked them up i kind of think they could have just got out of there
1: yeah i mean i know why they do the things they kind of do it's just you know it's a part of this movie but even when glenn's in the home if you really think about it he was fucked either way It was just coincidental. He was fucked either way. It did bug me like, all right, you know,
0: your homie's having a rough night, right? Even if you don't know all the details from the phone call, you know, your homie's having a rough night. And I'm guessing he knew the details. Yeah. You get there, your window gets busted. You're already on the, you have a cell phone and it's working. It's not, not charged. You don't call anybody. Okay, whatever, that's fine. Maybe you're going to check on your friend first, be like, this was fucking weird. Do you want to check this out with me? And then you'll call somebody. I can understand that thinking. But then you go and you start getting into the house and you see your homie shit is fucked. Now, you were just assaulted, basically. It might not have hit you, but like you pulled up and somebody fucking fucked your shit up while you were in your car. Yeah, like he said, what the fuck? You see that your homie shit is fucked with. You go in and... Things are obviously not right. Uh, Yeah. Do you only call out twice and then walk silently through the rest of the house the rest of the time? No,
1: I'm letting my presence be known. Like, hey, where the fuck are you guys? Because he calls out each of their names once and then mute. And that's where I'm saying it's like this is only movie logic here. Like we're using real world logic against movie logic Mm -hmm. and that's what i say i i understand why they did it and why they chose to go that route because it is it's like the oh what the fuck moment you know but there's only so much i can suspend my disbelief (laughs) me too me too and that's what i'm getting at too it's like ah if you're gonna do that you gotta make it believable you can't just And other
0: movies make it believable we've seen people accidentally shoot their loved ones oh that's what i'm saying like just watch inside watch how fucked up that shit gets What year did Inside come out? It was out at this point, right? Yeah, easy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is 2008? Yeah, so I think Inside came out like 2005, 6, 7, somewhere around there. So, yeah, it would have been out by then. So watch it. You don't have to copy it, but take inspiration. Exactly. I mean, you're already doing that. You know what I mean? You're already doing that. You're taking inspiration. Yeah. There's ways you can incorporate it make it really good. This was kind of like, I get it. I know why they're doing what they're doing. But even him pulling the trigger was like, really, guy? He's obviously not any of the three that you've seen. No.
0: Exactly. Come on, dude. And, like, it's dark. It ain't that dark. But you're not that far
1: away. Exactly. Like, yeah. We, if, if you,
0: you were – lay, yeah, if I was laying up against this wall behind me looking at this door here – that's how far he was away. Right. And you, you can at
1: least give yourself an extra second or two to try to figure out who the fuck you're looking at.
0: And I know y'all can't see us right now, but, but this yeah. is
1: the smallest of the two bedrooms in my house. Right. I think even between what the corner to the door is about 10 feet, something like that. Yeah. Whatever The corner to the door, I maybe 12. Okay. Yeah. 12 tops, 14, whatever. But still, that's enough room to give you to see somebody coming through the doorway mm. before you start blasting off. <laughs> And he already said he didn't know how to put shit together didn't hunt. But he's ready to pull that trigger real fast. And then. (laughs) Okay.
0: First up, did you watch the unrated version? Because what the fuck was the point of that unrated? I I don't know. What's
1: added? The only thing that I read about the unrated that was different was right there at the end when they both get stabbed. Spoiler. (laughs) And she wakes up and she hears Mike Glenn Howerton's phone go off. So she starts to crawl to go answer it, and when she does, it's already hung up, and the fucking guy in the mask takes it, pretty much leaves her there, and then she feigns that she's dead until those boys show up. Why did that get cut? I fuck if I know. I mean,
0: just because she was all
1: bloody and shit. But, I mean, that aint that's not even an R amount of blood. No, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why they would cut that. But when I was looking through it, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely watched the- uh, This was rated R. Unrated cut, yeah. The theatrical cut is
0: rated R. That's not an NC-17 amount of blood.
1: No, it's not. That's the only difference. I don't know why they chose to cut that. And it doesn't fuck up the pacing of the ending. No, it doesn't. It actually fits kind of what's going on because it lets you know, like, she is still alive, you know? And then it seems like maybe because of that, she's like, boom, she's done now. Yeah. And then the boys show up and she does her... Fuck the last...
0: Jump scare. Also way too many jump scares for a home invasion. Yeah, they relied on that. they do Especially when like there's the already holes and stuff like that. When there's already fucked upness when somebody's
1: Yeah, fucking with your house or yeah. fucking with you inside your house. That's already
0: fucked up. Do more of the creepy shit with them just hanging out in the background without somebody
1: knowing they're there. That's fucking scary. Yo, man. The more I think about it now, there's some really good fucking Home Invasion films. The more I think about it is like, even Home Alone might be a lot better.
0: Watch Home Alone.
1: Come on, if Kevin can do it by himself.
0: Shit, we kind of ragged on it, even, but we pointed out that even the original Hills Have Eyes, that's basically a Home
1: Invasion segment. Yeah, it really is. That's the whole concept of it. Even if it's a trailer home or, or mm-hmm. RV or whatever, it's still the same concept. Once again, it's nobody knows what's going on back
0: there. And that's the scariness. It's yeah. like somebody's there and you don't know. Not this. Boo. <laughs> here I am. Boo.
1: Yeah. Me home.
0: <laughs> Get out of here with that shit. There was a scene that should have hit hard, but I guess it's the director's fault. Maybe the DP's fault. I know that, like, Liv and Scott were giving it the right amount, but I feel like it can be easy to miss, because of the way the movie frames the scene, mm-hmm. the impact of the strangers finally discarding their mask at the end. Like, like that should be like, oh, fuck. Like, that means we're done for. Because that's what that means. Right. Game's over. If you, you know, now revealed you reveal us to the police, that means you're done for. Right. You revealed
1: yourself. You're fucked. It's over. But, but the
0: movie kind of feels like it glosses okay. over it a yes, little bit. Yes, it
1: felt really flat, even though that's we know what its intention is. That should have been like a fuck. Yeah, like, oh, no,
0: kind of thing. Like, oh, they're fucked. Yeah, that's the fucking stomach drop moment. Right, but I didn't feel that.
1: No, I saw the actors trying to give it. Right, right, right. And like you were saying, they do a good job of emoting it and making it believable, but... Fucking Scott actually really impressed
0: me with that scene. I saw what he... Like, when they first discard, he looks away so that he doesn't see them at first. Yeah. And he sort of, like, sits there and, like, works himself up to be able to finally look up because he's, like, taking in what's supposed to be happening in that scene.
1: damn, dude. Yeah, that's a good point, man. (laughs) But uh, I just didn't feel it. no.
0: Sorry. I do want to say the mask design was great. Those are good. They were good masks. masks. Yeah. Even though. pac especially. I thought like. That mask is good. Yeah. Fucking pinup doll or whatever. I kind of felt like you might as well just bring baby in instead. At that point.
1: Might as well. Using her real face. Yeah. I agree. I was going to say it made me think a little bit of the purge a little bit with those masks and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's decent.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: Yeah. And it works. I mean, the concepts there It's creepy.
0: So Glenn Howerton getting blasted. Yeah, I know. (laughs) The blood spray indicates they took most of his head off. I know, right? His makeup indicates somebody just just rubbed some jam on the right side of his face.
1: Just wiped it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's that was disappointing. It kinda was. It was. It could have been a lot better. And that's where there it doesn't
0: make sense to have any uh, amount of blood on the left side of his head. And show the left side of his head being completely clean.
1: You would think, right? You get
0: that blood from yeah the other from you, that
1: side getting blown out. They don't really do that, do they? <laughs> I thought about that. Like you've got to think about the mechanics of these things sometimes too, mm-hmm. if you want to make sense of the shit and not just like boom, spray some blood on the wall for that's the from the
0: exit wound. There was no exit wound. No, no, no. It looks like he just got hit with some buckshot. You yeah. know, got him. <laughs> This movie, man. Why did we pick this? I know I was even the one that brought it up, but I I saw it as a
1: part of Cinema Sins and I know we mentioned it because of that. And it's like, I don't think either one of us have seen it. Or like I don't know if Oh yeah, because I had seen this. I hadn't, but I remembered when it came out and the promotions and all that stuff. I legitimately thought I'd seen it
0: way earlier than I did though. Because I thought this was a movie that I saw in high school and when I saw it came out in two thousand eight, I was like, Oh, well, I was (laughs) like I think living here in town by 2008. Nice, man.
1: Like... It's like, oh, yeah, no, it's 2008. Yeah, no, I was watching heavier stuff. I've already been down that route plenty of times on the show, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I was watching much heavier stuff. But I
0: could have swore I saw this in fucking high school. Like, I would have swore it up and fucking down. And honestly, like, if you told me this movie came out in 2001, I would understand it making that much money a yeah. lot easier.
1: I know, 2008. Because
0: I feel like wow. this would have been maybe not ahead of its time, but better in 2001 oh, before you have things like Inside. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, because then it's like, oof, yo, yo. you going to have to really bring some shit to the table because they're topping it right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's it's hard to go from that kind, if you, especially if you're a fan of that end of the spectrum where you're watching some heavy shit Home Invasion style compared to this. Psh, well, for Inside every time, dude.
0: Now, unfortunately, like, the beginning of The Strangers fucking with them is creepy. Right, I agree. And in reality, like, when I sit here and think about the events of this movie, if it was happening to me in real life, I would be fucking freaked out the entire time it was happening to me. Right, it is fucked up. Just like the characters were. (laughs) But when I'm watching it as part of a movie on screen, after the first ten minutes of them fucking with them, and it doesn't get any worse than that, I don't fucking care anymore.
1: I know you're like... Wait a minute.
0: That's why these other movies we see, even if they don't want to kill main cast, find ways to bring in characters. Bring right. in Glenn is a good example, but they didn't do any more than that. That was it. And the way that that played out didn't make The Strangers seem any more menacing. It's made Scott Speedman look like a fucking idiot. And we pointed that out.
1: <laughs> you know? So I agree with that.
0: You got to think about something like, oh shit, what did it... Like Rumidara ended up having a gigantic kill count because they found a great way to bring in a ton of people that still felt organic. Yeah, brought in that
1: caravan of cops. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they got whacked like, whoa. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah, dude. There's ways to do this where it really lands.
0: And where you feel like they're a threat. And like I said, you don't necessarily have to be killing people. but like no. But
1: there's ways to do it where it, it has more authenticity, makes you feel that... I don't know, tension and anxiety and all that shit that goes into it. Maybe they don't get physical
0: until they're establishing a boundary. It didn't feel like there was any boundary being established.
1: No. It feels like
0: they could have kind of, if they ran fast enough, they could have just gotten to
1: the next neighborhood over and gotten in touch with somebody. Yeah, I don't don't know, man. I don't know where they were supposed to make, I know where they shot this, but I don't know where this setting was supposed to take place. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what it makes me wonder because he had mentioned it in the film, Scott Speedman's character. That
0: Oh, he's like, I know it's kind of a, – a, with the kind of house that he was living in, I kind of just thought that it he was It looked more like,
1: like a neighborhood because, yeah. of, because of the kids too. Yeah. So that would make a lot more sense as well. So that's what I'm saying. They don't establish where they're at even though I know where they filmed it. And it makes sense for that area too. Like, yeah, when what he said – the homes look
0: like. When he said, like, I know it's a kind of a trouble getting out here, I thought – he just meant because, like, traffic between here and there is kind of shit. A bitch, yeah. Right. Or, like, I know, like, I had to rent this house the next town over. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, exactly. It's like,
1: whatever, man. But you don't really
0: feel that. No. No. The way he said it, he made it feel like he was at most 15 miles away.
1: Yeah. And, like, there's no dogs barking. There's no traffic. And then, yeah, I don't, I ain't buying that. It felt more like, A residential place, Mm -hmm. even though the the houses might be spread out a little bit further, but not that far. No, no. Like you can hear some shit going on. I think you can get to the next house. Well, it is not even a problem. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) It's like, if you can get me, that's on me at that point. But I'm going to make you try. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I, like kinda,
0: I honestly, I'm kind of glad that I watched it again just because I know that I'd seen it before and I'd completely forgotten
1: about no, it. No, it's one of those experiences, too. Once again, it's like at least I got a chance to see it, see what it's worth, got to analyze it a little bit. And I can see why people do enjoy it. Don't and get it me sounds wrong. like we're getting more and more mad at it as we talk about no, it. But I, I, I'm still I, rating it like a solid C. Like, yeah, no, I agree. It does some things that are really well done. We've already mentioned them. But it also does some things that, it, like, could have been better. It really could have. And it would have landed for fans, I think, of you and I that enjoy something a little bit more, I won't say challenging, but a little bit more like, ooh, like, this is really landing and making mm-hmm. you really feel those moments where this is, uh it's like, eh, it's okay. You and want better cat and mouse? Fucking I Saw Oh, the my devil. God, dude. I would argue that's one of the best ones that you can possibly watch. It's so fucking good. Yeah, that's... Prime example, but once again, maybe this movie is just a good starting point too.
0: Like you can't start at inside.
1: No, you have to work your way into that. This is a good starting point. I agree. Like you already mentioned with the Conjuring and films of that sort, those are kind of good entry points for oh like this particular genre or that particular Mm -hmm. genre. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, if you've never seen a home invasion before, like this is a good starting point. Yeah, why not? If this, yeah, if this is your first one, this is not bad.
0: No. No, it's going to make you fucking nervous. It's perfectly fine.
1: I agree. You're like, ooh. Yeah, there's... I agree. It's just not anything beyond that. Nah, not for me. Not at this point. No.
0: Man, I feel like I almost was sounding mad at some points. I've, I want to f- try to f- say at least one more good thing about... Th- oh, there's some fucking fantastic needle drops on this, in this movie. I don't know oh, what yeah, that yeah, song yeah. was she played in the beginning that ended up skipping,
1: but that was fucking fantastic. I and saw the, the
0: skipping like, was like the right amount of creepy. Oh,
1: yeah. And it fit for what was going on in the moment mm-hmm. and stuff like I agree. That was a good touch. Uh, and there was some later Merle on, Haggard in there. I was about, about saying, good.
0: I fucking love Mama Tried.
1: Yeah. I was like, that was pretty awesome. So they did a good job on the track. And I was going to say, it would have been probably interesting to hear how that sounded in the theater, those mm-hmm. kind of moments, maybe the sound design a little bit. Oh, I bet some of those
0: moments of quiet too when the strangers are just creeping behind right. probably land even, way
1: better in the theater. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes the theater experience does add a little bit to um like say so the overall enjoyment or the overall experience itself. So sometimes it just lacks at home, you know. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, but that's kind of what I got out of it. We don't have it next week yet, do we? <laughs> not yet. I think I
0: might have a couple ideas. Yeah, I'm down. Maybe not. It's okay. We'll see. We'll talk it out. We'll talk it out. We're gonna go figure this out. But I don't know. I guess like if you haven't seen it before, like yeah, check maybe? it out. Check it out at least once. Fine. Yeah. Say you got it off the list. I'm kind of curious about the sequel, to be honest. I am too to
1: see what they do with it. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and especially just because
1: like oh I saw it because of the I, uh, story
0: of the sequel, like getting caught in development hell and not coming out till like ten years I know, later. That's crazy. And, like,
1: I want to say it was like Christina Hendricks is in it. Oh, she's fine. So it's was like, worth watching for that. Nothing else. Well, and she's good. Like, no, she's good actress, if she's dude. as good in
0: that as Liv was in this, then like, I'm down. Yeah, why not? Just for that performance. Yeah, like, see what
1: happens. You never know what'll bust out. Anyway, whatever. I'm
0: Tyler. I'm Danny. <laughs> it's time to go do The Stranger to make myself feel better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch. Uh, <laughs>
0: fried Squirms.